I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Two legends in basketball analysis. With over 70 years combined experience, this is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. Okay, folks, it is time to ride again with the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman Tangway along for the ride podcast and Zoom. Got a lot of work to do, guys. We are driven by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, NHL, and a whole lot more. All right, we're going to start with controversy. Uh, JJ Redick, who I really appreciate his candor when he yeah. talks about the NBA. I really appreciate what he does. Uh, however, he caused a stir when he had this to say about Larry Bird and the three-point shot. It's just math. It's, it's attempts, it's makes, and it's percentage. And there's no way you could ever argue Larry Bird is a top three three-point shooter of all time. You just, you, you can't make that argument. You're, look, you're you basing it he's on, one ma- of the, he's one of basing the it on math and a time of when he played. I'm basing it on just shooting. Bird is a unbelievable. Again, we had this discussion the other day. We had this discussion the other day about James Naismith. James Naismith invented the game. You were rewarded for putting the ball in the basket. There's plenty of people that have shot more, made more, and guess what? Made more at a higher percentage than Larry Bird from three. I'm not saying Larry Bird is not one of the greatest shooters ever. He's not one of the greatest three-point shooters ever. And then Dominique Wilkins, who certainly knows a lot about Larry Bird's game, had -hmm. this to say about what J.J. said. Let me say something. First of all, Reddick don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm going to say it. I agree. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm like, what basketball was you watching? To say something as idiotic as that is ridiculous. The physicality that was a part of the league. Hey, look, when you can put your hand on a guy's hip and make him go a certain way, if you can put that elbow in his chest to slow him up, which we call slowing a guy up when you're coming down the lane, so many guys can deal with that type of pressure. And for J.J. Reddick, who've played this game, I'm very disappointed that he has said something so stupid. This yeah. is the thing I'm having a problem with. Bird, who's a big guy, who got bumped all the time, you know. Yeah. So I don't understand the logic of him saying that. So it just don't make sense when – this is the thing I hate the most. We had our time. It was a great time. It's their time now. Yes. But don't crap on us to prove your point because yeah. it doesn't make sense and it's not valid. Yeah. But the same thing they look at Sam and myself. Oh, the big the old guys uh, hating. No, we hating on what? I don't hate on no. these guys. I don't. I just don't like to disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that about Larry Bird, yeah. it was yeah, less less physicality. Is he back stupid? To back. Yeah. Back MVP. It, 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 stupid comment to make. Comparison. And he should know better than that. Yeah. And I don't care what he feel about me. You know what his response might be. But to, when I hear that, and I'm like. You really don't know, do you? Okay, guys. Bob, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you were there. You have seen both. Uh, your thoughts on both comments from both men. 
Well, JJ continues to embarrass his university uh, and, and, and diminishes the worth of a Duke degree by speaking with such colossal ignorance in public, with such, with such arrogance and authority. I thought he, I, I kind of thought he was bright. I thought he was a poet. Remember that business in college? And, he is and, bright. Bob, he actually is bright. I'm and being, really good you, know I'm being, you know I'm being facetious. Uh, but I'm, <clears> I, it, it's idiocy that suggests that a, a no-hand-checking finesse league where people are, are camping out 42 and a half feet from the basket and, and uh, nobody goes to the hoop or, or, or doesn't post-play uh, is, is more less physical than the NBA of 30. Oh, my God. We'll talk about 50 or 60 years ago, but even 30 years ago. What does he come up with this? It's just, it's, it's, and I'm more power to Dominique Wilkins, who I know is a bird fan and vice versa, um, yeah. for the coming to his defense. It's, this doesn't, this defies common sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and the bird stuff about uh, three point shooter, I get what he was trying to argue there. He's trying to say, well, like he didn't ever do it. Uh, well, here, here's some numbers, JJ, just so you know. Four years that Larry was healthy. And, and just to preface this, I'm not, I didn't got, grow up in Boston, a Larry Bird fan or a Celtics fan at all. In fact, I was a Sixers fan, as you know, Bob. Mm -hmm. um, four years when Larry was healthy from 84 to 88, or relatively healthy, um, he, he shot 42% from three, 326 of 787 in an era in which, again, it wasn't even big at that point. And look at what he did. Imagine if that's what he had worked on all the time, like a, a.k.a. A J.J. Redick, what he could have been as a three-point shooter. To me, yeah, maybe he wouldn't have been Steph, but he might have been number two. Back then, and it was a part of the game. Right. It was a, a, actually a minor part of the game more often. But Larry Bird was the first – hey, J.J., I hope you're listening. Larry Bird was the first player – to make this three points in the NBA, not the ABA, because, you know, they, they came from, but the first player in the NBA to make the three point shot a strategic weapon. He, he, when he, he, he liked to use it as a dagger in the fourth quarter uh, or, or something like that. And, and, and he used it, nobody else used it as strategically as Larry Bird did. You know, you weren't out there taking 14 or 15. I'm, I, I, I'm going to guess I could look it up. The most he ever made in a game probably was like four, maybe five. I don't know. But the most, most he ever took was probably seven or eight. And it wasn't part – it wasn't the game. The game has changed. I'm not – we're not getting that thing. Right? The game has changed. Okay. So, I mean, but it was just to deny his greatness as a three-point shooter is, is is absolutely, you know. But again, he's watching – like they said, like you're watching YouTube clips. That's what you're watching. You weren't right. around for it, so – and again, there's no reason to diminish it. Um, that you know, he's diminishing the, the 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 skill level then, and saying, yeah, of course, Bill Lambeer couldn't play in today's NBA. We know that Jaleel Okafor can't play in today's NBA. The NBA has changed. I'll, I'll say the other thing, Bob. A lot of those these dudes that are scoring forty today aren't scoring thirty <laughs> back then, right? Like like JJ, the offensive numbers are so inflated with some of these guys that are getting 40 and averaging 30 plus it has changed yes there were there was there were pros back then there were cons back then but to say anything disparaging about Larry Bird and his perimeter shooting and his three point shooting asinine like jj he probably beat your ass in a three point shooting contest today 
<laughs> uh, by the way, Lambeer could shoot from distance. Lambeer could. could. Yeah, he could. Yeah, Lambeer. No, the big thing about Lambeer is he had no post game. We used right. to kid him out there that in the offseason, I used to talk to Chuck Daly. And and he let instead of working on his post game, he would in the offseason he'd work on his short game. Yeah. He was a golf fanatic. It was probably more like no, 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 I'm just saying, just yeah. he was ahead of his time. Right. right. Reminds me a lot of a Brooke Lopez kind of thing. And and uh so anyway. Yeah, anyway. The guys like Rick Mahorn, Charles Oakley. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, those guys aren't playing. Those guys, we get it. it, it the game has changed. We understand that part of it, but uh, yeah, like again, for better and worse, right now, guys are better shooters on the whole. Uh, but, they're more athletic. They're more. They, do they put more time? You know, that was the other part. Was it him who said they put more time in the gym all the time now? And yeah, well, there's more. There's more facilities, right? That's the difference too. There's more for these guys on site to be able to work on their game. They all have, you know, trainers now. So, yeah, they're probably putting in. Uh, they all make more money. But you're telling me Larry Bird didn't put time in? Come well, on. I mean, Bob was there. I mean, Bob Bob was there. I mean, Larry shot, what, 100 foul shots after every practice? No, Larry, yeah. Larry was not going to – He's not. he wasn't going to waste an opportunity to get those points, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, anyway, all, right, all kidding aside, I'll, I'll, I'll drop the hyperbole. I'm, I'm, I continue to be disappointed because I wanted to like JJ Reddick, and, and I, I don't understand what how he can be so really uninformed and ignorant. I, I don't understand. I really don't. On this topic, he is on a lot. Of I mean, top, on this topic, I mean, yeah. on, a, on a lot of them, Bob, he's the best out there. That 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 he well, is he's not afraid. There. I mean, as a former player, and I've worked with guys, I've seen players come off the field of the court, sit next to me, and it Jeff, it, you know, it takes a year or two. But the reason I appreciate Reddick, while I may not agree with him, he came out of the gate firing. So I appreciate that. No, I don't always agree with what he says. <laughs> he has an opinion. I think he is, especially in today's uh-huh. NBA, as good as it gets. But when you start going back and compare when you haven't seen when you're, with your own eyes, it, it makes it difficult. It does. And comparing eras is really, really hard. Yeah, it's hard. Bob knows better than anybody. I've been around for a few of them. Bob's been around for obviously a whole lot more than than me and you, Gary. Um, it's hard to compare eras. I mean, like this era is going to go down. You're going to have some dudes that end up averaging 25 a game. That in, <laughs> in 20 years you're going to look back and like, how? How did yeah. he average 25 well, yeah, a I game? Mean, and Bob and Bob knows. Bob, I'll ask you to respond to this. It's not just in basketball. Go to the NFL because of what the audience wants. The audience wants offense. So leagues are going to give the audience what they want. They want to see offense. They don't want 90 to 88 defensive gems. They don't want that. They want offense because that's what drives fantasy. That's what drives betting. That's what drives excitement. So, Bob, it also is the way the league is called. I mean, the NBA wants points, period. And that what you described is what we had 25 years ago. And and go check out, go back and look at the, uh, the in 94-95 finals, uh, the Houston's two finals and look at the jazz and the bulls. And you will not believe that we actually lived through this. I mean, we all complained about it. I remember talking to, I mean, there were, there was one finals where nobody scored a hundred and, and in that, in that stretch in the nineties, I call it, it was ice age and, and teams, somebody uh, became the first team. I kept, I loved shots attempted. became the first team to uh, take, take fewer than 80 shots a game. And that was a, uh, I think it was a, a it was either a Larry Brown or Jerry Sloan team. Anyway, that we had that, and it was awful. And I remember us con- uh, complaining to Stern, and 
kidding him, you know, about it during the finals. And, and he was like, well, people like a one nothing baseball game, you know, and <laughs> well, that's, I don't care. That's a little different, you know, yeah, a little, a little bit different. different, but well, you want some happy medium to me. I want to see, and we yeah. get to this with, with the all-star game a little bit, obviously different, but uh, I want to see some level of, of defense uh, and, and, and games again, when you just see these inflated offensive numbers, I don't know. I mean, again, I've seen a lot of these players that are putting up 40. I've seen them since AAU ball and they never, they never put up 40 in AAU ball and now they're putting it up in the NBA. Yeah. So what does that say? Yeah. Uh, let's like, the, go ahead. Last, uh, last count, I counted 43 guys averaging 20 points. That's crazy. Yeah, just, yeah. Unimaginable. And it's six, uh, but we got, depending on the day is six or seven averaging 30. But there's over 40 people routinely each week are averaging 20 points a game, which is just unfathomable, you know. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. Balance. We'll get because that'll get you know the balance that I'm screaming for. Uh, with you know with the threes, can't we have a game uh, in which you can both take some nice threes if if you get a decent and and post up once in a while with with a, with a guy who knows what he's doing? I'm watching Zach Eady the other day, and I love watching Zach Eady. He yeah. knows what he's doing down there. Yes, and then you know to say he may be a second round draft pick. I mean that that just I just yeah I've talked to him about it. I mean he you know again he knows he, these big kids know right now that hey listen they're they're probably going to end up playing overseas. I mean you know uh, Kofi Coburn, one of mm-hmm. the most dominant college players, big huge from Illinois. He left early instead of taking the NIL and coming back. He left early. He's either playing in China or Japan, and you know making like four hundred grand in China or Japan right now. Wow. Well, until until somebody takes a big and wins a championship, then that'll change everything. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. So so let's let's go to the All Star game, and uh, I'm going to start. We have to. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not watch it. I did not watch it. Yeah. I I turned it on. Good for you. You made the right call, Gary. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. They said it was the worst it's ever been. Oh, it's I watched terrible. like moments of it. I just looked said, at the highlights after. I watched the first guys minute. standing around. There oh. was one picture, Gary, with eight guys standing in the corner on the side of the court and two guys just going one and one. And it, it's just it's glorified. Actually, I don't even want to call it pickup ball. I don't even that that's honestly, that's that's not right to do to pickup ball. Because pickup ball at least is competitive and people play defense. <laughs> This is a complete sham, a joke, and and again, not just the players. The players, to me, have to change it, but it's got to be from from the top. Somehow, it's got to be from Adam Silver in the top. I did watch the first half, and the only reason the only reason I did was my daughter was staying over with us, and she was curious. She, you know, so she's a huge sports fan, and so we watched. I said at the halftime, "You had enough. Let's go." <laughs> I, I, you know, it was reprehensible. It was just despicable. And, and of course I missed the 27 point third quarter by our boy, Jason Tatum, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, but anyway, I'll bet he fought us some hard, you know, guys fighting through screens and everything to get to <laughs> Girl, that, huh? It guys, was like oh. him shooting threes on a chair. I mean, you might as well put a chair out there in front of him shooting the threes. Cause that's basically what it was like. So, I mean, all right. So the question, so, and of course, some, some people saying, Oh, the fun police, you have accused of, if you knock the game, you're the fun police. You know, well, do you honestly think that I said, if you love basketball, you can't like this. It, no, is it yeah, it's it's all about entertainment. It's it's it, it, it's what they're doing is they're pushing the product. Bob, you're right. They're selling jerseys. You know, I even turned on the celebrity game, you know, for a few minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't I can't handle this Saturday night. 
And, you know, you see Jalen Brown out there and he's got the mask on and, you know, he comes back for the All-Star game, which is just the way it is now. That's what the players want. Tatum at least played a game before he came back. Right. But it's you know what it is, Bob? It's one big commercial for the NBA. And if you're a basketball fan, there's no way you can watch the whole thing. Oh, here's the thing. And now people are saying, you know, we understand that the, the weekend, you know, encompasses many aspects. Right. Okay. And, 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 okay. But shouldn't you want to build up to have the marquee thing? You're showcasing the best players in the world and, and have them go out and play a serious basketball game. Yeah. Uh, would not be more uh, to the, 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 and you know. How would you change it, Bob? Have you thought about the, the best? Oh, way? I, I, you know, you, right. You already hit it. You know, Adam Silver and company says, all right, no, we, 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 we want a basketball game. We don't want this nonsense. Well, I mean, look what happened with the Pro Bowl. You know, I mean, I don't care about, I don't care about football in that regard. They never, the Pro Bowl game was always ridiculous to start with. You don't need an extra football game, an extra chance to get hurt. Well, but Bob, to interrupt for a minute, I'm sorry, but my, my concern is, and you're right, football is different. My concern is the NBA is heading the way of the Pro Bowl. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my concern. It Uh, shouldn't. But it should, you know, what are we going to have a skills yeah. contest next? And I mean, they have it anyways. But they have it anyway. Yeah. But. No, it's uh, no, no, ultimately, it's opinion, and and uh, I guess, and 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 as, as a lot of it is generational. You know, I mean, maybe young people, uh, they they've only gotten used to this. They think well, they don't look at it. They don't look at it as I'll sp- listen to us because we're all so young. They don't look at it as as a game. You know, they look at it as like an event, or they'll watch yeah. it on. They'll watch it. You know, my kid, my son will watch it on uh, Instagram and clips, you know. Right, right. How about this? I was trying to – I didn't look it up. I was trying to use my brain for once. What was the last good All-Star game? Do you remember I can't tell you. No. I I, I pay less and less attention to them as time went on. You know, I remember some good ones back in my day, you know, and and, and Seattle in 87 was terrific. And and the overtime game, and Tom Chambers was the MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and Tom Chambers – you know, and he, he's not today. I'm the best player in the world. You know, and, <laughs> and that's the pride that those guys had. Now, I will tell you this. The second All-Star game that I covered was in 1973 in Chicago. And there was an ennui on the part of the players in general and the West. You want the final score was? I'll never forget it. All-Star game. 104-84. Yeah. The wow. West scored 84 points in that All-Star game in, wow. in, in Chicago. Um, and it got then we, then we started ratcheting up. It got better and better. But, you know, it's it is. – I'd rather see – listen, here's what I'd rather do than an <laughs> all-star game. Just have them play like knockout. Have them play one-on-one. It's one-on-one anyway. So <laughs> well, making an actual one-on-one competition, you know, Jason Tatum against LeBron, next guy advances. Why not? It's basically that way anyway. I know. You know, they, you know, they did try a couple <laughs> of years uh, a uh, one-on-one contest oh i, I didn't remember that. No, i don't yeah. remember that. 72 and 73 really and and it, it was colossally boring and here's my idea it'll suck I, I, I'll, here's trivia you can use that your next you know gathering okay yeah. who were the first who were the first two champions of the one-on-one and the only two because I... the, the fact that you know this is is, is ridiculous well, it's gotta be pete Meredith. ridiculous pete Meredith. see you would think that the the finals one-on-one championship game in 1972 in Los Angeles was between Bob Lanier and Jojo White. What? <laughs> yes, thank you. Lanier won. Who won? Lanier won. 
Yeah, he backed him. He must have posted him up the whole time. Oh, why wouldn't he? JoJo probably never got the ball. (laughs) I think it was losers out, though. (laughs) Anyway, the next year, here's the colossal trivia question of all time. Do you? I I, want to be honest. If either of you ever even heard of him, Barry Clemens. Who? Barry Clemens. No, never heard of him. Never. Six seven forward out of Ohio Wesleyan, and he was a sub, and he won it. I forget who we beat. So, you know, we're all looking forward to, you know, obvious people. No, I remember covering the Celtics had, uh, when they were practicing in those days at Lexington Christian Academy, and and they had their competition, who was going to represent the team, you know? And I remember covering it. And uh, the last person I thought would be, would, would be, you know, not he wasn't that kind of player, JoJo. You know, he wasn't. Right? Anyway, it wasn't, it didn't go anywhere. Now, maybe this sensibility of the modern player maybe maybe they would welcome it maybe these guys would welcome it and we'd get the big names and do it anyway i just want you to know that they actually tried it once that's why (laughs) bob ryan's in the hall of fame i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, guys. Uh, the Celtics heading into the home stretch, Jeff, are still the best team in the NBA. And is there a threat to them? And who is the most dangerous? I thought you were going to say true or false first. You oh, just made it. You, you're just saying it's you know a given that the Boston Celtics are the best. I know they have the best record. So they have that, the best that's, record. What that's fair. Um, I mean the Bucks are still probably the one that if 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 Middleton is healthy, that you would be fearful of because of Giannis, because of of, of Drew Holiday, because of their, you know their their previous experience of. of winning a title, I think that would be the team. I don't know if there's anybody else now in the East that I'm scared of. And, and then obviously you're looking now, I don't have confidence in it, but you're looking at Phoenix and saying like, this is it for Chris Paul. He knows it. He's got a young superstar in Devin Booker and an old superstar in Kevin Durant. Can they? Generally, you can't figure this stuff out in 30 games, right? That's pretty difficult to do. Um, but they have the point guard. They have the two wings. On their best day, they can beat anybody. I don't know if they can put it together for a series, and then you're talking, you know, three series. I agree with this. I, I'm not prepared to crown them, you know, as the, quote, best team in the league. Now, last year, when they started their run in mid-January, from that point on until the middle of the finals, they were the most successful team in the league. We found out who the best team was. The best team won. They deserve to win. They deserve to beat the Boston Celtics. Golden State did. Okay. Um, the thing that concerns, well, number one, right, I'll get the thing that concerns me about the Celtics in terms of they are like a several, it's a, it's a baseball uh, kind of comparison. There are baseball teams that have been built for the 162 games uh, season that weren't as successful in the short season because there's different requirements uh, on pitching and everything else. And, and, and there, were, there were other teams that didn't have the, you know, the, the long haul capability of them, but we're able to beat them in a short series. The Boston Celtics, 
I'm about to make a sweeping statement. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is the deepest team I have ever seen. I, I've ever? never seen a team ever, ever deep, deep. Uh, you're, you're talking a game in which remember they had a game where eight guys scored double figures. And that means your 11th man scored double of uh, double figures. I've never seen a team with this much quality, legitimate NBA players. Usually you've got seven or eight, nine at the most. And then you got three guys carrying the gym bags, you know, no, I'm serious. I'm not, now I'm saying it's the best team I've ever seen. I'm simply saying they have accumulated more legitimate NBA players on their roster than I have ever seen. Okay. And they don't now, have I, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that they can't lose a short series to, to, to certain teams. You mentioned one, of course, Milwaukee. I'm not sleeping on Philly. I'm terrified of Embiid. But, like, you're scared of J- James Harden? Really? Well, I'm not, you, know, you trust you know, James Harden? I didn't say uh, You know, I'm just saying I'm not sleeping on Philly. That's all. Well, and, uh, see, hey, Jeff, just, let me, let me throw this into the mix. Is When you mention, like, Harden, to me, he's the ultimate wild card. So I'm with Bob. Is I'm not going to sleep on Philly. So if you get in the, the only team in the East, I think, right now, and health, health is obviously an, a factor with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's always going to be there. It depends on the health. But Philly scares the hell out of me because in a seven-game series, say Harden has two, three good games, you know, and it be, that's my concern. Out West, I, yeah, I mean, you still have to look at the Warriors if they get in or Phoenix, but the one, the unknown that scares yep. me in, is, is Philly because I think Harden – He's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'm just not there on them. I, I don't I don't think they have that like winning DNA that hey, they can be right. They can do it. I just don't I don't see it. I don't see yeah. it. But again, MB, you're right. I mean, listen, nobody can stop Joel when when he's got it going. We know that, but I don't trust Harden on uh in, in big moments, certainly defensively, he'll be exposed. Not he can be exposed, he will be exposed. Um you know, and I like you know, Maxi. I like Tobias. I love George Niang. We know that. I, I, I like him. And and listen, for Doc's sake, I, I hope they go deep. I, I you know, Bob, Bob and I have such an affinity for Doc Rivers. Um, I think we both root for him because we want him to save his job, number one. And it would be kind of cool, you know, Sixers, Celtics again, you know, deep in the playoffs this year, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. It'd be fun. I mean, listen, it's not the Sixers and Celtics of old that hated each other, um, but but this would be a fun one. Yeah, it would be. Hey, hey, Bob, can the Celtics shoot their way to a title? Because we know they love the three. Two two part question. First of all, can they shoot? Can they three point their way to a title? Number one, and can they handle the adversity if they get punched in the mouth? I'm more concerned with the second one. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, but I, I, I like, I'd like to think that the lessons learned, you know, after being up in the finals, uh, and why they lost, and and this turn the the turnover thing, you know, and and I, I like I just learned this morning that Brown's still averaging three turnovers a game, um, you know, is uh, uh, the thing as far as that, as far as the three point thing is concerned, yeah, I think that's going to have to remain uh, the, you know, a. a vital major part of their game uh it's it built their identity on on that but the, but the thing is the defense you know that last year they were a terrific defensive team and uh, for two months three months and uh we know they weren't at that level at the beginning of the season and they all talked you know the, the, the dialogue was we have to improve we got to get back to that defense that we had last year uh but but right the mental thing you, you talked about is important there's no there's no doubt 
they 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 put it this way they can talk the talk in that regard and they are but i want to i wanted to see the walk you know i was talking to somebody yesterday gary about um somebody close with the celtics and and he said like maybe the biggest difference on this team right now from a year ago is Derek white and his confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, think about that. Think about where he was last year. He, you know, he just come to a new team. Couldn't make a shot, right. He could not make a shot. His whole stretch, basically playoffs. He had a, a game here or there, but now, especially with Marcus smart being out of the lineup, it's given him more of an opportunity. You can see his confidence. And, and again, adding he and Brogdon was such a difference because other guys can have off nights now. And, and you've got, like Bob was saying, you've got eight strong, eight strong, like nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, solid, like good guys. If you have to plug them in, you don't really want to play them minutes in the playoffs if you don't have to. And you shouldn't have to with, with their eight strong. And they finally are healthy. Like this could be tonight at Indiana, I think could be like the eighth time that, that they'll, they'll have all their eight guys, their top eight guys. So to me, Let's see what they can do. Everybody's relying on the three, Gary. That's the only thing I'd say there is everybody's yeah. relying on the three. Yeah. They they more than most, right? Like Golden State more than everybody, but they've got the elite shooters, Hall of Fame shooters, so you don't care. The Celtics don't have that. That's Collectively, they're a good shooting team, but if you look at them each individually, like, well, where's the Steph? Where's the Clay? They don't really right. have that. Right, right. The interesting thing about this roster composition, you know, is that when you have this many good players, you know, it, it increases the, you have multiple decisions you, you can make, you know, as the coach about, yeah. and, and that's not necessarily such a good thing uh, because the, the ideal team, everybody knows who the starting five is. And then you've got three guys coming off the bench in a regular rotation. And, and one, at least one of them is a specialist, whether it's rebounding, shooting, defending, he's a specialist. I think you have that though. Another one is a two a two position player, you know whether it's guard forward forward center, but more and 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 the third and then the third is just you know a guy you know guy. But that's as deep as championship teams have traditionally gone in most cases. All right, so I would tell you, then the three guys off the bench when everybody's healthy, Bob, are obviously Brogdon's accepted his role off the bench, right? He may. But I guess what you're getting at is different. Not who's starting, who's coming off the bench, who's on the floor at the end of the game. Yeah, right. You know, now we talk about Derek White, and you know, he's gotten, I'm sure, very well accustomed to having a, a major role in this team. But if, if everybody's in the mix, he's going to have a, you know, a lesser part of the whole. He's going to, and can he handle that? I, we know Brogdon can handle whatever comes his way. I think White and can. I'm not, White's, and I'm not, sorry, White's the ultimate teammate. He's the okay, honestly. Fine. Well, Derek White and, and Brogdon, I don't worry about it all. The one well, that is not concerning, but like will be interesting is Robert Williams if he's healthy. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, that's fine. But so it's going to, but I'm, I'll stick with what I said. This is the deepest team I've ever seen. I'm calling Cornette and mm-hmm. Scala legitimate NBA players. And and I think they are, and 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 uh, I've never seen to a team that have this many legitimate NBA players. But that oh, doesn't mean been, they certainly have been able to withstand slumps, injuries. Jalen Brown. Yeah. I mean, there was a stretch where like Marcus was out, Jalen was out, and they still have the best record in the NBA. So, gentlemen, we've done a lot of work today. Uh, always a pleasure, and we'll do it again next week. <laughs>